Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. We're going to thank you in advance for everything that you're doing, but we're going to thank you for everything that you've done. Just begin to shout thank yous right now. Just begin to just just begin to say it, roll it off your tongue, whatever it is. Just go, thank you for this. Thank you for my son. Thank you for thank you for this sunrise. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. And so that means that the past that you were once in doesn't have to define you any longer because his mercies are new every morning. Every morning his mercies are new. Not some mornings, but every single morning, every single day I can wake up and I can say my your mercies are new this day this day I'm not defined by depression I'm not defined by anxiety I'm not defined by anything I'm not defined by my mistakes because your mercies are new every single morning so thank you Jesus 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 thank you for every single person that's here this morning thank you Thank you for bringing them into this house. Thank you. Thank you, God, for this worship, this beautiful act of worship that we were able to come together to do corporately. This is why we have to come into the local church. You may be able to go out and praise Jesus walking on the nice trail, but, but, but you can't corporately praise with hundreds of believers um, out there on the trail. I want to encourage you to go out there and do that. <laughs> I do it so many times. It's awesome. I love it. But there's nothing like coming together in the house of God with, with other believers to say thank you corporately and to encourage one another and to realize that we are saints. We are your saints. We are not your sinners. We are your saints. We are your saints. You call us a saint. You call us beloved. Lord, I pray that you would speak this morning. In your name, amen. Amen. Hey, while you're being seated, turn to somebody, give them a high five. Just say, man, you're awesome. Woo! Man, that was awesome. Just some fire and worship this morning. I love that. Love that. Love that. How many people are excited that the Titans won last night? We're going to the Super Bowl. Come on. We're claiming it right now. All right? Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. But uh, anyways, um, I'm excited to preach this morning to you, to teach you a little bit from the Bible. We love the Bible around here. Love the Bible. The Bible's awesome. Sometimes I read the Bible, I just get done, I want to kiss it. It's so good. Like, I will literally do it sometimes, too. I'm just like, I love you, Bible. You are so good. Like, you are so good. I'm telling you, you should kiss the Bible sometimes, man. You know, you should love it. Um, it's just so good. It's so good. So uh, he's been rocking my world this week in Romans chapter 6. Um, 
How many people know you can read a passage of Scripture, and the thing that I love about the Bible is that the Bible is forever alive, right? So you can read it in one time of your life, and then you come to it a year later, and you're just like, how did I miss that? Like, it's totally new because the Bible is always speaking to us. And so that's why I want to encourage you to get into it. You know, Colby's going to come up in a little bit and tell you about a Bible plan that we're all doing. We're going into 21 days of prayer and fasting. Some of you have already started that. Um, it started on the 10th. And I, I want to encourage you, maybe if you're here for the first time and you're just now hearing about it, and join us in that, prayer and fasting, okay? And, uh, um, and, and, and I know that, that God will move in a very powerful way in your life. So whether that's you just giving up social media for a while or Netflix or or, or some food and just going on a water fast or a juice fast for, uh, for you know, a couple of days or, or you know, doing a Daniel fast or doing an intermittent fasting, whatever that is, um, I want to encourage you to do that. And you can talk to me about it. Um, in fact, if you're a guy in here or anybody that really that wants to join us, you can. But um, not this Monday, but next Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Um, everybody say Martin Luther King Day. Next Monday, I'm going to be doing uh, a water fast where I just do water for like just three days um, uh, during the fast. And so if you want to join me in that, I can tell you how you can do that and um, in a way to do that that's safe. And, and just that, uh, you, we just got to seek the Lord, I'm telling you. Like if you will just seek the Lord, seek the Lord for 2020. Don't seek your boss. Don't seek your mom. Don't seek your dog. Seek the Lord. And seek the Lord. Say, what do you want this year to be for me? I guarantee you'll be able to look back at the end of it and be like, wow, look at what God started in me during those 21 days. Look at what God did, okay? Um, I believe that wholeheartedly. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you today, and we're going to get through what we get through, and we'll come back to it. Um, Hey, I'm excited. Before we do that, I'm excited about next week. Um, uh, My wife has a birthday next week. Come on. That's awesome. She'll be... 36 young years old and uh, looking fine, if I may say that myself. Um, but uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take her on a little trip next weekend, so I will not be here. But you're going to have the privilege of hearing from Pastor Tim Timberlake, um, who is uh, the lead pastor at the Jacksonville Celebration Campus. And so, um, and so I'm very excited about that. And so, uh, so just get ready um, just to be blessed tremendously by that message next Sunday uh, with Pastor Tim. And uh, we're excited about him um, being uh, with us next week. And so, Romans chapter 6. So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all. As a dead man passes away from this life. Now, I want you to stop there for just a moment, okay? What if you actually believed what the Bible says? I want to encourage you to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, that actually believes what the Bible says. Because here's the thing. We read passages like this, and we don't believe it. You know why? Because you still call yourself a sinner. What does Paul say? We have died to sin once and for all. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're dead, are you alive? If you're dead, you're dead. Dead is dead is dead is dead is dead is dead 
is dead. If you're dead, you're not alive. We have died to sin. We're going to get to, to, to how this happened in this passage in just a little bit. But I want you to say, dead. You are dead to sin. We died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So once that person is dead and they pass away from this life, they're not coming back to this life because they're dead. So that's the same way with your sin according to Romans chapter 6. This is in the Bible. Let me ask you a question. When some of y'all put your nasty trash out on the street every single Wednesday or every single Thursday or every single Friday or every single whatever day your trash day is, do you expect them to bring your trash back? It's gone. It's incinerated. It's in the garbage pile. It's gone forever. You don't see it any longer. It's dead. It's forever away from your house. But yet how many people, when it comes to your sin, you just keep bringing it back. You're like, it's not dead. I kind of like that sin. I want that sin. I want, no, 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 no. According to the Bible, according to Romans chapter 6, we accept Jesus and then our sin is dead. It is gone. It dies so how could, so this is what he says, it passes away from this life. So how could we live under sin's rule one moment longer? How could we do it? If we're dead to sin, how can we be living under sin's rule one moment longer? Or have you forgotten that all of us, everybody say all. All of us, who's he talking about? All of us who were immersed into union with Jesus. Do you get the implications of that? If you are a Christian, if you are a child of God, you have been immersed. Immersed. Not just like, you know, like the little kid at the pool when you're four or five. And you're like, I'm just going to dip into this water, my toe. I'm just going to dip in. No, you're like, boop, Totally immersed into who? Jesus. You are totally immersed into Jesus. You're not totally immersed into somebody else that you want to be. You're totally immersed into Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus, you are totally immersed. Your sin is gone. You are immersed into genius, Jesus, into a union with Jesus who is the anointed one. We were immersed into union with his death. Have you forgotten that all of us who are immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed unto union with his death? When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for your sins. He died with your sins. When Jesus died on the cross, you died there with him. Your old man died with him. Your old nature died with him. You've got to know this. I want to awaken some Christians because God has been awakening me to the real reality of the gospel because I'm tired of seeing so many Christians not be free. It's because they don't know who they are. They don't know that that old nature, they don't have to live in it anymore. They don't know that it's dead, that it's literally gone. That it literally died on the cross with 
Jesus. This is what you were accepting when you accept the gospel. Listen, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. That's why you go underneath the water. It is a sign of your baptism that you are sharing in Christ's death and you are co-buried with him, entombed with him. And so that old nature, that old sin man or woman that lives in you, it's actually buried in the tomb with Jesus. Not only did you die on the cross with Jesus, but then you were buried with him. But it gets better. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, guess who was also raised? We were raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that Why? Why were we co-resurrected? So that we could be empowered. Somebody say empowered. Empowered. That you could be empowered. What? Just to have just a regular mediocre life. Let me ask you a question. If Christ is in you, can you be mediocre? If Christ is in you, can you be ordinary? Listen, it says that you are empowered so that you could walk in fresh. Somebody say fresh. fresh. Fresh church. Let's go. Freshness of new life. It's a total new life that you were died on the cross with Jesus. You were buried and then you were co-resurrected so that he could look at you and so that he could say, now you can walk in newness of life. Christian, don't you realize what my son did for you? He took away everything that was between me and you, the Father says, so that you could walk in newness, freshness of life, so that you could be empowered to walk in freshness of new life. Does your life look new? If you're a Christian, does your life really look like this? Is this what you really think about when you think about the gospel? Like, oh my gosh, Jesus just did this. Or are you just like, no, nah, man, like I'm still dealing with the old man. I'm still dealing with the old nature. I'm still dealing with this and this and this and all these other things. Why? Do you want to just keep crucifying Jesus? It's dead. This is what the Bible says. I'm just teaching the Bible. I'm just teaching the Bible. It's so good. Look at this. Look at this. It goes on. For since we are permanently, love that word, grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently, somebody say permanently. It's not just a, oh, well, Jesus doesn't like me and God doesn't like me because I I don't feel close to him today. I don't feel like this or this or, oh, man, I, I, I did this or based on my, this is not behavior modification, guys. What you accepted, the gospel is not behavior modification. Why would Jesus just have to die to modify your behavior? Okay? What the gospel really is, is that you and I were so evil that we were so far away from God that the old nature literally had to die. It was the only way for you to be brought to the Father. That the old nature, the old man, the old you had to die. It literally had to be killed. So that newness could come. Come on. And now we are permanently grafted. We are permanently grafted into him to do what? Come on, guys. This Bible's so good. 
to experience. Somebody like that word experience, right? Like, like, like if, if those people that were actually traveled all the way to Baltimore that were Titans fans last night, they experienced a great win. And they could come back and tell you about it. They'd be like, I was there when we did this to Lamar Jackson. Lamar who? Come on. MVP? Nah. Like, we destroyed them. It was awesome. We experienced it. It was so cool. Like, oh, my, when you have an experience and you come back, and, like, you, you know that person at work, right? Like, they're, they're, the, they're the people that, that, that went to Disney, and then they come back, and they're like, let me just say about this, and then we went, and we did this, and then we saw Buzz Lightyear, and then we did this, and then we went and everything, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. You experienced Disney. It's awesome. I was here by myself over Christmas. So glad you went to Disney. No, but... But I, I believe that's the way the world should be with us. Let me tell you about what I've experienced in Jesus. Let me tell you about what he's done. Let me tell you about this experience that I'm having with Jesus. Let me tell you about the experience with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, I've experienced him. It's awesome. And people should be like, shut up about this experience. But you can't shut up because it's the most amazing thing that's ever happened to you. You can't shut up because you're permanently grafted into a new life to experience a resurrection life like his. Do you think Jesus was just a little resurrected? <laughs> Some of us, we walk around like we're just a little resurrected. I, I'm just a little bit resurrected. My situation is just a little bit resurrected. That, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are permanently grafted in him to experience a resurrection like his, which means a full resurrection and the new life that it imparts. We have a new life. Listen, it says, could it be any clearer? Come on, Paul's like getting in your face. Hey, Romans, could it be any clearer what I just told you? Why are you believing all this other stuff? Hey, could it be any clearer to you what God has done on the cross? What God accomplished here? Like, like, like this is not behavior modification. Again, come on. Could it be any clearer? Listen, that our former identity, former, some of you guys got a former identity. Why are you still trying to live in the former identity? In the former you know what a Christian should be living in? Present future. Never present past. Doesn't mean that we don't look at the past and go, thank you, God, for what you did. Thank you for what you saved me from. Thank you. But we don't live there. Because that's former. It's former. Former identity is now and forever deprived of its power. Do we believe it? Do we believe the Bible? The former things that we used to walk in, it has no more power over you. You know when it does? When you let it. When your mind starts going negative, guess what? You empower the negative. When your mind starts going in the past, guess what you empower? The past. When your mind starts going in anxiety, guess what you empower? Anxiety. When your mind starts going into this and this and this, whatever you think, whatever begins as the thought, then your body will begin to empower. 
But if I am empowering, I am walking in newness of life. So when I get that itch, when I get that, like, whatever it is and that thought comes in, I go, nope, that's not me. That is the old man, and that's the old sin habit. If I'm not, that's not my nature. My nature has changed. I still have sin habits, but I, I have a new nature that's not my identity. That's the former one, and get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, old man, because I took you out in the trash a long time ago. You died on the cross. You were then buried with Jesus, and now I am co-resurrected so that I don't got to live in you no more. I don't have to. I don't have to. Because it, you are forever deprived of its power. Some of you need to just look at your old man and be like, you are forever deprived of your power. Forever deprived of your power. You have no power. Why? Because we were co-crucified again. See? Co-crucified with Jesus to dismantle. Woo, big word. Dismantle. The stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. Remember, dead is 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 dead. A dead person is incapable of sinning. I encourage you, if you've ever struggled with suicidal thoughts, one of the things that you need to say is you need to say, I'm already dead. I can't die. Because I died with Christ on the cross. So I'm already dead. And guess what? I co-resurrected with him to walk in a newness of life that I've never experienced before in my life. And that's how I walk now. So that is the old man. That's an old nature. That's an old whatever it is. Get behind me. I'm walking in newness of life. I'm walking in newness of life. And if we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. I think Jesus was the most alive person ever to walk the face of the planet. Think about how alive Jesus was. Think about the joy that was in Jesus. Think about the love. Think about the compassion. Think about all the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. There's probably one more that I'm forgetting. You can yell it out if you want me to, but that's okay. Um, but think about it. All of that existed in Jesus. He was the most fully alive person. And guess what he says? Because of all the work that I just did, the fact that I came, you died with me, we resurrected, buried, resurrected, all that stuff. Now you can walk in that too. You can walk in that too. I can walk in that too. I can walk in a fullness of life. I can walk in full life. I do not want to live just a little bit of my life. I don't want to live. I want to live full. I want, I, you know, some, some of you in here, like, like, that's why I, I just want to go, like, why? Why, why? why are you living like that? You're in Christ. Stop it. It's two really powerful words. Like, if we're set down for counseling, I just look at you, and you look at me, and just look at each other, 
and we're talking, we're just going to stop it. Just stop it. I'm not saying that some people don't have, like, real issues that you need some, some help with and things like that. But you also just need to hear, stop it. Just, just stop it. Because that's old man. Am I talking to the old man, Andrikas, and you? Because I'm not interested in the old man. I'm just not. You know why? Because my father's not interested in the old man. He can't be interested in the old man. He has no association with the old man. Why? Because that person's dead and gone. Who he wants to talk to is the new man in you. Who he wants to talk to, like, he, he, he's like, hey, where's that person? That's who, that, 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 that's who we're going we're gonna to have a conversation then. Like, that's awesome. But I can't even interact with your old man. It would, be, it would be me totally devaluing what I did to my son. Do you realize that? Man, Scripture's so good. Come on, let's keep going. And we know, this is the anointed one, has been raised from the dead to die no more. His resurrection life has vanquished death. And its power over him is finished. For by his sacrifice, see, this, here's what you need to know. What did Jesus say as he was dying on the cross? It is finished. It's finished. We did it. It's finished. So now... We get to walk into the fullness, the completeness of the resurrection and the life and the fullness that he gave. He's like, we did it, Dad. We've been planning in heaven for thousands and thousands and thousands of years of how to restore man and our family back together. Why did God die? Because he wants a family. We're all part of this family. That's what I love, that we're part of a global church because we got family all over the world. Why? Because God wants a family. He died for a family. He did this for a family so that he could have his family back, so that he could have a son back. But, but not just in the way of just like, oh, well, I'm going to have my son back, but he's still going to be dealing with this and this and this and this. I'm going to have my daughter back, but she's still going to be dealing with this and this and this and this. No, Jesus, the only way that I can really have this relationship with them is if they really fully can get that there's now nothing wrong with them because of the work of the cross. I want them fully restored. Some people say, well, I'll never be restored until I get to heaven. Not according to what the Apostle Paul writes. Read the Bible. Because that totally devalues the work of the cross for the here and now. If we believe that. I know it's hard to, to, to believe that because we've been taught differently. But the truth of Scripture is that. For by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all. But he now lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. Jesus lives for the Father's pleasure. That's so good. So, if Jesus lives for the Father's pleasure, what does it say? Let it be the same way with you. I think a lot of people in here, you ain't living for the Father's pleasure. You're living for your own pleasure. You're living for somebody else's pleasure. The new man wants, okay, I live for your pleasure. The old man within you wants to live for your pleasure. 
wants to live to please somebody else. That's why you can look at some people and just be like, I'm not doing that. Why? Because I don't live for your pleasure. Well, who do you, pleasure do you live for? Oh, it's awesome. His name's my daddy, God. You want me to tell you about him? It's pretty cool. Look, you want me to tell you about the work that he did for me? Like, it's pretty awesome. I'm walking in fullness of life. And that, so I, I just don't do that. I'm not living for your pleasure. I'm not even living for my pleasure. What? Because the world teaches that you live for your pleasure or you live for other pleasure. But, you, yeah. My, my big bro, Jesus, <laughs> he taught me how to do it through his Holy Spirit. He teaches me how to do it every day. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Like, it's, like, he literally, Jesus was like one of the only people that ever walked the face of the planet that was full of the Holy Spirit, that didn't live for himself and didn't live for the pleasure of others. He only did what? Live for the Father's pleasure. I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only do what the Father tells me to do. What if we get to that? What if we get to that point? We can, according to what God did, because he says, so let it be the same way with you, to live continuously for the Father's pleasure. Oh, I love that thought. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually. Okay, this could change your life. I want you just to, if, if you get anything out of the sermon today, I want you to get this next part. This could change your life. Since you are now joined with him, since you are now joined with Christ, you must. This isn't just a suggestion. This isn't Paul going like, hey, if you want to try this, dude, you can. All right? Like, hey, if you want to try the chicken nachos at that restaurant, it's pretty awesome. You should do it. No, it's like, you, no, you must. Like, you went and you bought the chicken nachos and you brought them to your best friend. And you say, you must try this. It's so good. How can you not want these chicken nachos? It's the most amazing chicken nachos on the face of the planet, right? You must do this. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually view yourself. This is identity. You know how transformation comes? Identity. You must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the anointed one. You are in union with Jesus. So when he moves, you move. When he does, you do. What he says, you say. You are in union with Jesus. It's not just like Jesus is over here and you're over here. According to scripture, you have been united with him. You are one with Jesus. So guess why the Father looks at you so wonderful? Because you are united with him. He says you are lovely. He says you are uh, amazing. He says you are everything that I've ever wanted. That's why you have favor because I continuously give favor to my son because you are united with him. So guess what will chase you all the days of your life? Goodness and mercy. Because goodness and mercy follows my son. We're almost done. Sin is a dethroned monarch. Woo! <laughs> so you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life. 
controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. That's the way some of it was. That's what sin loves to do. That's why some of us are so addicted to it. But sin is a dethroned monarch in the Christian's life. In the life of a believer, sin is dethroned. It's dethroned. And what is now on the throne of your heart? Jesus and his ways. The Holy Spirit. It's dethroned. Look at this. So then, refuse to answer its call. I remember when I was in high school, I was dating this girl, and she was not good for me. It just wasn't. Like, it was just a, a, a bad relationship, and it was, um, it was lust, not love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it was not good. A lot of people think they're in love, but they're really in lust, by the way. Um, but I remember I broke up with her. I broke up with a girl the day before prom. Yeah. And we still went. Awkward situation. How would you respond? <laughs> and it was awkward. Like the whole entire time she's crying. And she's like, hey, you know, if we, you know, just, just we get back together, you know, we can, we can do this, we can do this. Come on, like, let's just get back together. Let's get back together. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not answering your call anymore. Like, I'm not answering that call anymore. And, and, and after prom, that was literally the last time I talked to her for, like, months. You know why? Because I, I knew I couldn't answer that call. Because I knew that, that, that God had something better for me. 16 years old, I knew inherently that God had something better for me than this relationship, and I could not pick up the phone. And, and let me tell you something. There's some things in your life where you just need to not answer the call. Stop picking up the phone. God, stop picking up the phone to pornography. Like, just stop picking it up. Because you got way too much to live for than that. Like, women, stop answering the phone when, when it comes to gossip and, and, and all these other things. Like, stop picking it up. Just refuse to be in the conversation. Like, whatever it is in your life that is calling you, then sin is dethroned. It's a dethroned monarch in your life. And just stop picking up the phone. And start answering the one that, that matters. I, that, 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 that's what it says. Refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness, and instead, passionately, answer God's call. Passionately. Some of you, you don't, you, you, it's like, if we were to come up to you and be like, hey, could you serve at the church? You're like, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I just enjoy going to church. I mean, I've just been going to church, doing the church thing for a whole long, long time, and I'm just here. Like, I'm just attending. But, no, no, no. According to this, you should be like, if the Lord is calling you, you passionately, you're like, yes, how can I do that? Come on. You want that there? You want this here? You want me to grab that mic and say what? Yes, I will do it. I will, I will change that baby's diaper. Whatever you need. Because I am passionately answering the Lord's call. Passionately. But then when he calls on Monday, how are you going to answer the Lord's call? Well, how are you going to answer the, the, the call? You know what I think the Lord is so saddened about? Is that, that we've pushed him to voicemail so many times, it's not even funny. And he's like, you know what? I can't. I love you. 
But you got to answer the phone because I got so many things for you. It's not even funny. And the reason why you don't experience it is because you haven't been picking up my call. You want direction in your life? You want this? Then start passionately answering my calls and see what I will not do for you. See what I will not do for you. Passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now. Everybody say now. For his pleasure. What do you live for? What is your purpose? To live for his pleasure. If you're a Christ follower, it's that simple. What is your existence on the planet for? You're not here to be a doctor. You're not here to be a lawyer. You're not here to be this. You're not here to be that. You're here to live for the Lord's pleasure. You know what changed my life utterly and dramatically about um, three or four months ago? The Lord just told me, Josh, there is nothing externally that will make you happy. Not even me. Because you know what external God is? Religion. It's all inwardly. The change that I'm going to do in your life, that's what brings radical transformation. There is nothing externally that will make you happy, that will give you what you are looking for. You now live for his pleasure. So that means even the perfect job, you will still hate it some days. That perfect spouse, oh, don't even get me started. There will be days you wish you weren't even married. It's just true. That little dog that can do no harm, pooping all over your yard. Why would I even get this dog? It's true. That's why you live for his pleasure. That's your purpose. That's our purpose. It says you now live for his pleasure, ready to be used. Which that means ready to partner with God in anything that he calls you to do. For his noble purpose. God has the most noble purposes. If you think your purpose is awesome, why don't you get under God's purpose and see? And here's what I'll tell you. Some people are so afraid of that because they're like, well, if I just give you know, everything to God, then I'm not going to get to fulfill my dream, and my dream is awesome, and I don't know. I mean, I mean I've just been struggling with this my whole entire life. But here's the thing that you don't know. Like, who gave you everything that's in you? Who gave you everything that's in you? Who gave you every single bit of talent that's in you? Who gave you every single passion and desire that's in you? He did. So what do you think he's going to do? Just be like, I don't use that. I know you can sing, girl, but you're going to be in the office every day of your life. Ha! Ain't that awesome? No. He's going to be like, yes, now you can sing. Now let's redeem it for a higher purpose, a noble purpose, more than just you and your selfie on Instagram. Come on. Let's redeem it. Let's redeem it for a higher purpose. Remember this. I love this. This is one of the things I, I keep with me. Uh, and we're almost done. Remember this. When you feel the weight of that old man, that old nature coming back, and you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Remember this. Sin will not conquer you, for God already has. Some of you need that reminder. Sin will not conquer me, because I've already been conquered by God. I've already been conquered by God. It is my identity. I've already been conquered by God. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. And here's what I'm going to say, and the band's going to come back up. This is the last thing. But as they're coming, I don't want you to look at their, their beautiful figures and all these other things that they are. 
I want you just to hear my voice for just a minute. So, in fact, everybody just close your eyes for a moment. I want to give you a new definition, a, de- a new definition of something today. Because I, I think we're off with it in the church. And, and a mentor of mine has been, been really pouring this into me. And, and, and it's the definition of grace. Some of you think that grace is God's unmerited favor. But here's the deal with that. It says that Jesus was in need of grace. That he was in pa- that he needed grace in his life. Why would Jesus ever need grace? If Jesus needed grace, because he always had the Father's pleasure, right? Because it says that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So, so, so Jesus automatically has favor. Jesus automatically has favor because of his perfect relationship with God. If he doesn't automatically have that, that perfect favor, then he's not God in flesh. Okay? So that's why I think the definition of grace, just being unmerited favor, is an incomplete definition. What grace is, grace is, grace is the empowerment of God on your life. That's what grace is. That you don't deserve the empowerment of God on your life, but you receive it anyways. So that every situation, every day is not a good day or a bad day, it's a grace day. Every day is not a good day or a bad day, it's a grace day. I'm empowered by God's grace. I've been given empowerment by the Holy Spirit, and that's what grace is on my life. Isn't his grace so good that he would empower you? It's not just his unmerited favor. Because when you're in Jesus, he automatically favors you. Grace. Jesus said, I need your grace. Which means I need your empowerment, God. I need your empowerment on my life. I need your empowerment on my hands to play music. I need your empowerment on my voice. I need your empowerment when when I'm raising my kids. I need your empowerment to die to the old nature because I feel like that 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 little habit that's still with me it's starting to flare up and and I but 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 I need your empowerment to realize that it is gone gone gone. We're gonna start singing this song um, hopefully next week. Andrikas, Daphne, band, and you can go ahead and listen to it this week. It's on Elevation Worship's new album and it's called Gone. And I think that theologically is one of the best Elevation songs ever. You know why? Because it just says, gone, gone. My sin, my past, it's gone. Done, done. The power of the resurrection. You need that every day. I hope God blew your mind with this message today. Because he's blowing mine. I hope the cross... The crucifixion, the the resurrection of Jesus became new to you in a way that you've never even seen it today. Or maybe if you have, you're just so reminded of it and you go, oh, wow. Christian, you do not have to live with sin empowering you. With the old nature, with the old man and its habits. any longer. Try to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do right now in this moment.
But I feel like some people just need to surrender. Surrender to the truth of the gospel. That you have been crucified with Christ. Literally, your old man. But because of what he did, you were buried. But now you are alive again to walk in newness of life. In newness of life. In a freshness of life that you've never experienced before. This was God's hope for all of his followers that would follow him. This is what he wanted. This is what he desired. Not just religion, not just church, not just behavior modification, but you really genuinely walking in freshness of life. That's what he wanted. Why would Jesus teach his disciples to pray on earth as it is in heaven if he didn't believe that heaven could be on earth? If he didn't believe that heaven could accompany your, par- your parenting, if he didn't believe that heaven could accompany your workplace, if he didn't believe that if heaven could accompany everything and give you newness of life, freshness of life, I pray that this message would move from our heads, logically, into our hearts. And take root. And take root. So would everybody just stand right now? And if you're here today and you go, I need to surrender to that. I need to surrender to that. Let me tell you, I, 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 I'm the pastor of this church. I'm a 38-year-old man who's been walking with Jesus Christ since he was literally eight years old in the small Baptist church in Marion, Virginia, where I got saved. And, and over the past couple of weeks, I've been surrendering to that. And it's totally rocked and changed, changing my life. And so if that's you today, would you just surrender to that? Would you just surrender to the fact, just think about the cross in a new light, like right now, just, just close your eyes and just say, Jesus, you died And I died with you. You didn't just die for me. I died with you. You weren't just buried for me. I was buried with you. My old nature was literally buried with you. It is now dead. It is now dead. It is now gone. It's like the trash that I put outside my house. I'm never going to see it again. Because the Father never sees it again. He only sees me now as pure love. He only sees me now as peace. He only sees me now as bringing reconciliation to the world. He only sees me now walking in complete freedom. Because of what you did, Jesus, this is what I believe now. This is what I believe now. This is how I will live. This is my identity. And I will leave here this day living for the rest of my life for your pleasure. 
that is my purpose, is to live for your pleasure. So whatever that means, whatever career it takes me to, whatever else happens in my life, I live for your pleasure. It's my purpose. I want to live to bring my Father pleasure because that's how Christ, who is I am in you. I'm united with Christ. So Christ is my identity. Christ is my identity. I am you. I am in union with you according to this scripture in Romans chapter 6 and according to so much other scripture in the New Testament that I could point you to, Christian. Or a new Christian here today. So if you said that and you believe it, you just raise your hand with me. Come on, just raise your hand all over this room. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the awakening that's going to come from that message today. Thank you, Jesus, for the awakening that's happening right now. Because it is you and you alone that are awakening our souls. Come on.